If you have your Bibles uh, tonight, if you would turn over to the book of St. John, chapter 4. I'd like to minister, and the subject is, but Lord, the well is deep. It's a new message. Never preached it. This is one of my favorite stories, one of the most common narratives in the whole Bible. And most of us here, probably all of us, have read this story and have heard it preached many times. But I look out over people, and I see so many people in their lives are in an um, impossible situation. And they're thinking, even though in the middle of a fantastic service where God's moving, they're thinking, God, how will I ever deal with this? What's going to come out of this situation? I know that the Lord's powerful. I know that God can do anything. But there are people with an impossible challenge. It could be ministry. It could be uh, marriage. It could be a child. It could be uh, a, a physical condition. It could be a financial uh, issue. And this is the story of this woman who was a Samaritan woman, and she had an impossible life. Jesus had an encounter with her, and when he meets her, he suddenly, it's obvious, sees that she has lots of problems. He's tired. He's hungry. He's come to this well to get some water. The disciples have gone to town, and it's probable that John, who wrote the book, stayed behind because Jesus didn't write, and John doesn't mention himself. But he's watching this, and he puts it in the Word of God, and while they're waiting... A Samaritan woman comes up to this well to get water. Jesus asks her, give me a drink. And she is surprised that he even addresses her because it's inappropriate to talk to a woman. It's inappropriate to talk to a Samaritan, he being a Jew. And yet he speaks to her and verse number nine says, and the woman said, to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? And Jesus offers her something that she needs. He looks at her and, and he sees that she's filled with doubt that he can deliver on this good promise. How can this be? But Lord, the well is so deep. How will you ever get water? I don't see that you have anything. You don't even have a bucket. How can you do this? I want you to know tonight that in your life, the well is deep. You know it. Maybe your spouse knows it. Maybe people around you know it. And your desire is so far removed from you that you can't even see to the bottom of that well. It's impossible, much less 
how could God ever do that for me? The Bible says there was a rich man in Luke, and it says in Luke 18, Jesus looking at him with sadness said, how difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. For it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. And those who heard it said, who then can be saved? But he said, what is impossible with men is possible with God. Now, that part speaks to my heart. What is impossible with men is possible with God. And when God gets into the equation, something begins to happen that was impossible now becomes possible. And all you can look at that and say is, that's a miracle. If you can explain it, it's not a miracle. That's how God works. Here's an impossible situation. He says, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle. I know all the commentaries but Jesus touches on something that's very raw here and he's talking about issues and he's talking about things and challenges that all of us have and our lives our needs our prayers our longing that seems so utterly impossible it's beyond us yep I I don't see how you're going to get a, a camel to go through the eye of a needle yet Jesus faces these impossibilities head on and with God, he says, all things are possible. So tonight, your well's very deep. Maybe it's forgiveness from a dirty past, a messed up life, and stupid decisions. This woman came, she's a Samaritan woman. And Jesus begins to look right into her soul as he speaks with a word of knowledge. You know, word of knowledge gift is a fantastic thing, but it is not really something that you can control. It's just something the Holy Spirit does. And I give God the glory. I went into an IHOP restaurant here just a few weeks ago with, with Ben, and there was a lady there greeting us, and I said, uh, you're from Tennessee. And she said, yeah, I am. I said, you used to walk with the Lord. You need to get back with the Lord. Is that right? She said, how did you know? I said, I don't know. All I know is that the Lord said it. It's a wonderful thing. Amen. I was at the gym the other day, and a man was in there. I said, you nearly died, but God gave you, gave you life. He said, that's right. I said, God's going to help you. Jesus looked into this woman's heart, and as he looked into her very soul, he began to read her mail, not to embarrass her, not to make her feel that she's being uh, on the spot, but in her messed up life, we'll come into a service and the Holy Spirit is a true prophet. Not, a, not me, but the Holy Spirit. And he speaks into our heart. He knows where we live. He knows what we're up against. He knows how to talk to us about what we need and how to meet that need. If we're, you know, we only get from God what we're want, wanting from God. When it comes to training horses, you know, you only, you learn as you're learning. You can't learn unless you learn as you're learning. Experts can't train. They get frustrated and angry. 
expert pastors can't pastor. They get, they get frustrated and angry. Amen. And so it is that people with lives that are so messed up, this woman possibly had a drinking problem. She had moral problems for sure. She had failed as a mother. She had a reputation that was destroyed. It was embarrassing to her. She came at noon when no one else was there. She was alone. She lived with marriage problems, a five-time loser. Now she's living with somebody. Here's a woman that has probable, probably has money problems. She's suffering from rejection. And oh, how many people come in People come in all the time that have been rejected and beat up and bruised and, and, and mistreated. This woman was abused physically, probably mentally and verbally she was abused and maybe possibly even had STD. As she's at that well and Jesus offers her hope, offers her living water, offers her a cleansing and a new life. There's a, another area that's very common and that's help for a child. There's nothing that touches a parent like a child that's going through something. Or a spouse. Or a marriage. How many parents are concerned for a boy or girl that's broken and in rebellion? out in sin and you're praying you're saying God don't let them die in their sin the well is very deep it doesn't look like it's going to change this woman the Bible said had a demon possessed daughter not the woman at the well but another case and Jesus the Bible said healed this girl instantly and she said, daughter, uh, Lord, my daughter is grievously vexed of the devil. And he said, we don't give the children's bread to the dogs. And she said in the Greek, even the, even the puppies get the crumbs. And I, in my mind, just see Jesus smile. And he says, oh, woman, great is your faith. Be it done unto you as you desire and her daughter was healed instantly. It was absolute faith that changed that girl. In an altar, in your seat, in your car, in your home, in your bedroom, your faith can touch God and move his hand to that boy or to that girl that looks impossible. And their mind will be restored. Their life will be transformed and instantly healed. Glory to God, that's good preaching if I have to say so. Absolute faith that changed that girl. Mighty prayer, mighty asking, and mighty miracles. Glory, hallelujah. Then there's provision. Provision, money. So you can do the work of God. I was up against it in Sierra Vista to buy a piece of property. And I remember we were meeting in a, in a hotel. We needed a place. We had about 30, 35 people, and I needed money. 
So I decided to call Pastor Money. I got his wife. And Nelda said to me, Ronnie, God's got a lot of money. And it rang the bell in my soul. And I remember going to an Italian man named Crackiola. Mr. Crackiola owned a nice piece of property right there on Fry Boulevard. And I went, got him, and we went down and looked at that property. We walked across that property. We'd already talked about the price and what a good location. He's telling me all the wonderful things about this property. And, and uh, it's a good buy. It's a good buy, he's telling me. And uh, he's an Italian, you know. He's, he's talking with his hands. And he said, uh, Reverend, this is a good buy for you. This is good. This is a good deal, good deal. I said, well, Mr. Crackiola, why don't we just pray about it? And I put my hand on his shoulder and cried out to God, began to pray, and began to pray, God, speak to this man. And then tell you the truth, he threw both hands up in the air and he said, oh, God, help me. <laughs> Provision. Provision. So that we can do the work of God. Whether by many or by few, God has the money. Jesus told Peter as it was preached last night, go catch a fish, get a coin out of his mouth and pay the, the taxes. That's pretty amazing. That must have been a creative miracle. Then the well is very deep. and We don't see how. And we're wondering in our own mind, we're analyzing, Lord, you don't have a bucket. The well's very deep. I don't know how you're going to do this but God knows how. Then there's healing. The doctor said, the doctor said, the doctor said, have you ever been to a doctor and had the doctor said? And he said, amen. You know, they enjoy finding something wrong. Have you ever noticed that? How many ever noticed that? It just sort of rings their bell. I mean, it really gets them moving. I mean, they're, whoa, look what we have here. He found, I mean, something for eight years of school and $300,000 going to school. He's got to make, you know, he's got to get that money back somehow. Now, I believe in doctors because there are a lot of Christians would be dead if it wasn't for doctors. And I thank God for doctors. But I want to tell you something. It's not just what the doctor said. It's what Jesus said. It's what Jesus said. One word from God drives the devil out and brings the power of God in. And so this is where I think there are a lot of people when it comes to sickness, like the woman with the issue of blood, she'd spend all her money on doctors. And if we keep Obamacare, we'll all be broke. Amen. And she still wasn't helped. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. And though she spent all her living on physicians, she could not be healed by anyone. And she came up behind him and touched the fringe of his garment. And immediately her discharge of blood ceased. Because God healed her. I know that God does and I'm not against at all anyone ever going to the doctor. But I can tell you this. Folks, when it comes to these areas of our life, I'm going to tell you like I heard it 40 years ago. 45 years ago in Prescott. Every pioneer pastor 
every person who's facing a situation issue that looks bad it looks dark whether it's your marriage whether it's your spouse whether it's a rebellious child or whether it's a doctor's report or finances you better learn where God lives we heard it more than one you better learn where God lives that means you better learn where God is and you can get an answer from God that you can't get from a counselor you can't get it from television and you can't get it from reading a book. You've got to go straight to the Lord and in that place hear from God. This means going beyond nice packaged theology. You know, as Christians, we like the sound of these things, but most of us don't really believe it. It's like what's preached. We don't believe it. You know, Oswald Chambers, where I got the seed for this uh, thought, Oswald Chambers said, have you ever said to yourself, I am impressed with the wonderful truths of God's word, but he can't really expect me to live up to that and work all those details in my life. When it comes to confronting Jesus Christ on the basis of his qualities and abilities, our attitudes reflect religious superiority. We think his ideals are lofty and they impress us, but we believe he is not in touch with reality. We believe that the Lord's not in touch with reality. That's what he says cannot actually be done. That what he says, it can't really, I mean, in this real world. Each of us thinks this about Jesus in one area of our life or another. These doubts or misgivings about Jesus begin as we consider questions that divert our focus away from God. This Samaritan woman thought that she was more equipped to getting the water that she needed than Jesus was. She had the wherewithal to get the water. She thought she looked at that and reasoned, I have more ability than this guy. This is what we do. She says, you don't even have a bucket. And you, how can you really help my situation? I want to tell you something. We need to bring our thoughts. We need to bring our misgivings. We need to bring our human reasoning. We need to bring it into the light of the Lord Jesus Christ and openly and honestly confess them to God. I have trusted in me. I have analyzed and reasoned and concluded and this is what I've come up with and Lord, I'm sorry, I repent. Unbelief is an offense to God. One man had a vision I heard years ago and he said the Lord showed him that when he would stand before the Lord, he would ask him, why didn't you believe me? Oh, to believe God. Lord, I have misgivings about you. I'm sorry. Lord, I've doubted you. Has anybody here besides me ever been critical and negative and complained and talked about the problem and talked about all those things that aren't working? I have not believed you. Lord, I have not believed in your abilities, only in my own abilities. I've only trusted in me and how I can make this work. I'm sorry, God, that I've been analyzing everything in my own finite peanut brain trying to figure this out I've been fussing and I've been fuming 
and I've been worrying and I've been trying to fix these things in myself and come to a conclusion and nothing seems to change. The psalmist David said, commit everything you do to the Lord, Psalm 37. Trust him and he will help you. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. Wow, I hate to do that. And wait patiently for him to act. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret because of their wicked schemes. Stop being angry. Turn from your rage. Do not lose your temper. It only leads to harm, for the wicked will be destroyed. But those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. You say, what can I do? Take it to the war room. Take it to the prayer closet. Take it to God Almighty in prayer and believe him and see what God can do. And instead of worrying, instead of giving up and saying there's no hope, go into the war room and fight. Glory to God. Instead of giving up. But when you pray, Jesus said, go into your room and shut the door. Matthew 6, and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret, he will reward you. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. You know, there was a widow woman that came to the judge. You remember the story. She said, please give me justice. Please give me justice. Please give me justice. She tormented him. Everywhere he went, she showed up. I mean, he's at the office going in and she's there. He's out on the golf course and she's out there. He's every, everywhere here. Please give me justice. And finally, the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end. So don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night, day and night, I just preached about Daniel, the secret of being a powerful person. And when he was taken away captive, he was a teenager. But later, when he's 70 to 80, he still has the same practice of going before God three times a day. It's a good discipline. It's a habit in his life. And those satraps are watching him so they can do an undercover job on him and turn him over to the king. And the story is fantastic of how David went before God. And here was his secret. He had the habit of praying. And he did something that we could do. He thanked the Lord. Make your request known unto God with thanksgiving. And when it's need, 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 it's depressing. But when you mingle the thanksgiving with the prayer, it's uplifting. And that was the secret of his power in that he gave thanks to God. He gave thanks to God. Oh, he gave thanks. And as he worshiped, he thanked God. You can thank God for so many things and time goes by. And in that moment of thanksgiving, turn and ask and you'll get an answer. It will work. It will work for you when you have a heart that's grateful and thankful and your faith is lifted up and you pray for your family. You pray for yourself and you pray for your family or your wife and the harvest and your, your church and the nation.
pray in the spirit of all times. It says at all times, Ephesians 6, pray in the spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. One translation in Philippians 4 says, don't worry about a single thing. You say, is that possible? Well, he said here to do it. Don't worry about a single thing. Just make sure your gas tank is filled before you leave town. Ben. Dad always, I always check the gas and the tires on these cars, you know. You can't help being a dad. I check all the kids' tires. All the time. Don't worry about anything, a single thing. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need. Thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's grace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Jesus Christ. So go regularly to the closet and pray. You will see many mighty answers to your prayers. It will amaze you. Dot com. It will amaze you. Dot com. You will get answers <laughs> you never thought possible. It will blow your ever loving mind. You will say, wow, ooh, I did ask God about that. He did it. Sometimes it's immediate. Like he did in the little lady with the demon-possessed child. Sometimes it takes a few days, but don't lose heart. Don't give up. Keep on pressing in. Yes, indeed, the well is deep. And Jesus alone can give you the living water. <clears throat> are you weary? The old songwriter said, are you heavy hearted? Tell it to Jesus. Jesus will help you. Jesus alone. Tell it to Jesus. Tell it to Jesus. He is a friend. That's well known. There's no other such a friend or brother, tell it to Jesus alone. And it's in that prayer closet. It's in that place with you and the Lord. Jesus said in the text, if you only knew the gift of God, if you only knew the gift of God, what is it that your well is so deep? What is it? The challenge is so great. What is it that is beyond possibility? And it looks in your rationale, there's no hope. Oh, if you only knew the gift of God, he can turn it. He can work a miracle. You only need one person to come through that door and he can touch a whole community. You only need one, a few people to get in touch with God and God touch their life and this building can't hold them. Oh, if you only knew the gift of God, that he is the answer, that he's the only exclusive answer, 
only trust him, look to him. He says, God has for you. He says, do you know who you're speaking to? If you did, you would ask me and I would give you living water. But sir, you don't even have a rope or a bucket and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob and who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? And Jesus said, anyone who drinks this water will, will become thirsty again, but those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. And oh, the answer of this little lady is fantastic. Please, sir, the woman said, give me this water. That's what I say to God. Please, sir, senor, please, por favor, give me this water. Give me the gift. God send me. God use me. God make me a vessel. I'll be poured out for you. I need you. You're my only answer. You're my only hope. I turn my heart and faith exclusively to you. Hallelujah, let the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing. But God be God. He's the answer to every one of us tonight. Sir, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again and I won't have to come here to get water. Once you've got that, you never want to go back to your flesh again. You never want to go back to reason and rationale again. Glory to God. There's fresh water that Jesus gives tonight. This woman got a miracle. And the miracle, watch this, affected an entire city. Entire city. She said, come and see a man who told me all I ever did. And they believed it. And they came out. Jesus spent two days, if I remember right there in that town. She got past her doubts. She got past her carnal reasonings. Oh, God, save us from ourselves. How many things are in the way simply because no one really prayed? How many things look impossible? How many people and situations look impossible because no one really prayed and did war on their knees? Did war in the spirit and cried out from the depths of their heart, Oh God, give me this living water. Give me a witness. Give me a word. Counsel me. Give direction in my heart, Holy Spirit. I'm helpless. I wrote a note to God and I put it by my bed. I said, God, I cannot make it through this day unless you help me. I cannot make it an hour unless you help me. He was pleased. Marie goes into, a, she's got her a war room. Oh, man. She writes those prayers. They're wonderful. Writes those prayers. And out of those prayers, I can sense the Spirit of God blowing like wind. John said, we don't know where it goes. We don't understand it. Oh, it blows where it wants to, where it lists at the King James. It 
blows where it wants to. He moves through. There's nothing like walking into a place like this where the wind of heaven, oh, you suddenly realize there's more going on here than music and people and preaching. The wind of heaven's beginning to blow through. Something can happen for me. Something's going on beyond this place. There's something wonderful here. Lord, this is what I need for my soul. Living water. America's in need. And I close. America's suffering for lack of prayer. Oh, yes, we have mega churches and mega preachers. And I thought about changing my credentials to Atlanta because the Lord told that man down there, he gave him a big jet. I'm just, got, I'm just driving Toyota and an old Lexus. I said, well, I need to get my credentials changed. I forget how much it was. There he is, 65,000. Huh? M? M. Million. Whoa. Wonder where he got his credentials. Maybe Springfield. I don't think so. No. Shamey, shamey. My mama always said, shamey, shamey. We got folks trying to get to church in their old cars. Oh, God, how can you have such gall? Help us, God. Save us from this foolishness. These false prophets and these people that claim to have an anointing and word of knowledge and gifts and all of that, and they have enough power to blow the fuzz off of a peach or a peanut. Line them up, amen, and pray for them and get the sick healed. I want to see it. I want to see it again. I want to see some fruit. I want to see some lives changed. I want to see some miracles. I want to hear some reports the cancer's gone. I want to hear that they got a job. I want to hear that they came into miracle money. I want to hear something from heaven. Oh, God, give us a real word from heaven. Lord, give me this water and I'll never thirst again. That's the real church. That's the real thing. Give me this thing, God, the real water and I'll never thirst again. I'll never be gallivanting from here to there and there and there, checking out all these places, amen, the charismatic zoo. I'm telling you the truth. I'd find the living water tonight in this house and say, God, I've come home. Feed me, Jesus, feed me. Here's some people that know how to touch God and move heaven and get answers to prayer, and they believe that God still gives revival. Hallelujah. America suffers for lack of prayer. Second Chronicles, this verse, this passage, and I close, it says in Second Chronicles 7, then the Lord appeared to Solomon in the night and said to him, I've heard your prayer and I've chosen this place for myself as a house of sacrifice. When I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence among my people. But if my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek my face, watch it, it's, gonna, it's happening. I'm telling you that we've turned the corner. Something's going on. Something's happening in the heavenlies. Oh, yes, there's somebody somewhere believing God. There's a church somewhere that's contending for God to move. There's a preacher somewhere that's preaching the word of God and looking out and saying, this is impossible with men, but with 
God. All things are possible in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Now mine eyes will be open and my ears attentive. God says to the prayer that is made in this place. It is a word from heaven for this church. My eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayer that is made in this place. Mark it. You can mark it on your calendar. It is a word for this church. Hallelujah. And you'll see it and know it's God and not the work of a man. Men that stand in the hedge and make up the gap and love God and are willing to preach, God will honor them. We teach what we're willing to learn. It isn't like we're experts. We're all here and we just know all things and we just know. We teach what we're willing to learn. Amen. We get better, people get better. We get closer, we hear. People get closer and they hear. God help us. Can you say amen?